台湾问题纯属中国内政，不容任何外来干涉。任何人都不要低估中国人民捍卫国家主权和领土完整的坚强决心、坚定意志、强大能力。祖国完全统一的历史任务一定要实现，也一定能够实现。As was mentioned a second ago, President Xi Jinping declared that the historical task of the complete reunification of the motherland definitely must be fulfilled and definitely can be fulfilled. So during his speech. I think he reconfigured the narrative of our relations with Taiwan. That was the most important part of his recent speech during the 110th anniversary of Xinhai Revolution. After years of, you know, laissez-faire attitude based on principles. Non-interference, but especially, chotongzuanyi, seek common ground, leaving aside existing differences. The Chinese government faces the dilemma of how to resolve this perennial issue, and how to conduct relations with Taiwan in what Xi Jinping has named the new era. This problem is even more evident as China's Xi Jinping. Is portrayed as a very powerful, even omnipotent leader, which could ironically leave the Chinese president with less room for maneuver with regard to reunification. If you just go back quickly to the history, since 1949, uh, Beijing's biggest dilemma was how to conduct relations with Taiwan. In such a way that it would lead to the possible reunification in the future. In the 1950s, China and Mao twice attempted to solve the cross-strait issue through military means, but failed both times. In contrast, once Deng Xiaoping took power, the Communist Party of China established a peaceful reunification strategy based on one country, two system principle. We see how. Uh, this principle works in the relations with Hong Kong at the moment. However, the Taiwan problem was biggest, definitely, and um, that is the biggest issue in China's domestic international politics. However, for the time being, was put on the back burner.、Uh, even during Mao's time, Mao, in his conversation with Richard Nixon, said. The Taiwan problem could wait for next 100 years, in his own words, while Deng Xiaoping suggested leaving the issue for the next generation, who the then Chinese leader said were wiser and smarter than the old revolutionaries. Definitely, this is pretty interesting to look at Chinese principles. We all know five principles of peaceful coexistence. But when it comes to the relations with Taiwan, I'd like to draw your attention on、uh, 
principle named Cho Tongzuan Yi also uh, applied in her relations with Taiwan, seeking common ground while leaving aside existing differences. Of course, from the very early years of the PRC, it serves as one of the leading principles in China's external affairs. What might be surprising is that those principles have also been applied to what China perceived as a domestic issue, Taiwan. This phrase was used by Deng Xiaoping in his letter to Taiwanese compatriots in January 79 and also in 1992 consensus. Then 2008-2010, Hu Jintao, during official meetings with Guomintang people, suggested the 16 character guidelines, namely building trust, setting aside disputes, seeking common ground while leaving aside existing differences and creating win-win situation. So even as I said, uh, in the domestic politics, they also using this principle. Once this channel fails, however, to satisfy China, Ch Ch Chinese compatriots, I mean the channel of uh, cultural and economic independence, as predict predicted by Liao Wang magazine in 2011, China would use any possible means to push for Taiwan's population to accept the concept of both sides of the strait belong to one China and the possible future reunification. It was, of course, after the anti-secession law passed by NPC 2005. However, if we look into the contemporary and current status of uh, China-Taiwan relations, we can easily say that Liaowang magazine was right. And in the current situation, with Taiwan's growing awareness of its own um, um, differences on identity, as well as strained Sino-American relations, the ability to seek common ground while putting aside differences has been drastically reduced. What we currently see the present Xi, Xi's administration faces the dilemma of whether and to what extent the country military forces will be involved. As in the past, any military engagement uh, on a larger scale would result in breaking previous principles and might affect the balance of power inside the party. As quoted by Wall Street Journal, let me just quote, defense and political analysis generally agree that the PLA could take control of Taiwan, especially if the US and other powers don't intervene through. There is a debate of whether Chinese leader Xi Jinping is willing to pay the cost of an invasion. When we just look back into the history of the Communist Party of China, you know, in the case of China's invading Taiwan, the cost for Xi Jinping, as it was for Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping, could be allowing the military to become an even more significant decision maker. During Mao's time, Lin Piao, who supported Mao's vision, of so Mao's vision of social changes in the early 1960s, and then during the Cultural Revolution, was then rewarded by being selected as Mao's successor. However, as we know the history, once his power crossed the red line by threatening the position of the paramount leader, 
Olympia was eliminated in September 1971. The second intra-party crisis led to military involvement in the Tiananmen protests in uh, 1989. After this, the army was given extra economic incentives and senior military personnel owning commercial businesses became the norm in mainland China. Of course, the biggest influence of the military, however, was observed during the third Taiwan crisis in 1995 to 1996, when the island, as we remember from the history, took the democratization path. However, at the time, negotiation with WTO and uh, close relations with the United States, with Bill Clinton, limited any deeper involvement of military in China's political system. So today, I think the major dilemma from the perspective of Chairman Xi Jinping is how to maneuver between the, the needs for growing rule of military and um, other forces in, inside the Communist Party of China. Definitely, the major role that military plays in cross-strait relations might result in incentivizing the army by allowing it, allowing it to be more significant participant in the decision-making process. This, however, might change the balance of power inside the Communist Party of China and might also challenge the status quo. Uh, in this context, militarization of China's political system might be possible. The big question mark is, we currently see kind of a short signals of the um, coming next cultural revolution. And the question, I think, is very critical to what extent military forces, the army, might be part, a bigger part, of China's political system. Xi Jinping needs, to a certain degree, it before the next party congress in 2022, but still, this is an open debate. So we need to look closely what's going on uh, in a cross-trade relations, because the most important issue is the domestic affairs and domestic balance of power as previously in a history, when you look into civil-military relations inside uh, China's domestic political structure under Mao and Deng Xiaoping. So this is pretty important subject. Uh, we need to look at it. Thank you for your attention. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you very much.